come into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is coast boys. Yes! Welcome back to the Best Coast Boys Podcast. I am Landon McCool at McCoolBCB on Twitter. You have found me here on the Best Coast Boys Podcast, and you can also find me on the Locked On Cowboys Podcast with Marcus Mosier. And as always, I am joined by my esteemed colleague, John. John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? John Owning at John Owning on Twitter, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. You can find my work at thescore.com. And also, I will be writing about the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News starting in September with the season. Really excited about that opportunity. Going to bring a lot of top-notch film-based content to you guys. So really excited for that. Just announced that on Friday. Daddy got a new job. Yes, sir. We winning. We winning over here at BCB. BCB always going upwards, never backwards. Indeed. I don't know. Those aren't exactly opposites, but those are the directions we're headed, guys. So deal with it. (laughs) All right, guys. Today, we got a great show. Speaking of going upwards and onwards, we got John Lenyard, who is moving up in the world with an exciting new project. We're going to have him in, talk all about it. So that is the the bulk of the show, and that is a fantastic part. Come in here, talk about the draft network. Game changer, guys. I'm telling you. Total game game changer. Guys, we we've 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 been you know Twitter buddies with a lot of these guys for a long time, and and the the group of people that they have assembled uh, on that site is uh, fantastic for anybody who's involved in the uh, you know hypothetical community known as Draft Twitter. So if you're excited about the draft every single year, guys, get excited about what uh, these guys are about to bring to you. But before we do that, I, I obviously. Uh, again, we got to talk about Cowboys specifically. John's going to talk to us about the Cowboys too, which is great because he's got great insight about NFL across the board because of depth of draft knowledge. But we, John and I are going to talk some Cowboys first because I've been to training camp. Uh, so we'll do that first, and then uh, we are going to get right into that John Ledyard interview. So uh, here we go. All right, let's jump into it, Landon. You ready? I'm excited. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I got some good info. I'm ready to dump it all over you guys. Which uh, that's not the best image, but that's what's gonna that's what's <laughs> that's, gonna that's happen. What's so for sure. So go. You know, so get, yeah, get prepare your body for it. So, uh, yeah. What 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 do you got? I I've got the information. Give me the give me the give me the questions. What do you want to uh, know? First thing, Kevon Frazier. He returned yeah. finally from his illness, or I don't know how you want to describe it, but he. He came. He returned to practice. I think he Thursday. Correct. How did he look? Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, from what we got told is that you know, obviously, they do a whole bunch of blood work with these guys. You know, when they come in, they start doing the physicals and all that stuff. Um, you know, and and so they, when they do that, you know, every once in a while, we find that they will discover some sort of medical anomaly, and you know, obviously, it's. Whatever they find, it's usually uh, never really good. So, I mean, if they find stuff like that, it's usually like, oh, unfortunately, they have a heart condition, or oh, you know, something like this, or there's a blood issue, and and uh, and and 
you know, you're not really exactly sure if you can play or what's going to happen. And that's basically what happened with Frazier. Is he had, it sounded like he had a clotting issue. So uh, the, the they, he did through a whole bunch of medical tests. They just held him out kind of as a precaution. And Thursday was his first day back. So and it sounds like he's uh, good to go, just needs to do a little bit of diet stuff, and he should be fine. You know, he looked okay. They didn't really put him into very much. Um, you know, they, they – he I don't, I, didn't, I don't think I saw him in any team reps – um, I don't think I saw him in anything that was full speed and hitting with pads. So uh, they they clearly are going to work him on, work him in slowly, um, and uh, you know when he was when he was uh, doing half speed walkthrough stuff like he I think he was working out with the second team, um, but I I think that in general. Um, you know, he looked fine. He still can't catch the ball. I did see him drop two, two different, uh, you know, pat and go kind of, you know, throw drills, and he just plain dropped the ball. So, so he still it's same old came, same these. old, yeah, same old came, came on <laughs> Frazier, but uh, uh, still, still a strong safety, not a free safety, I would say. But overall, I thought that you know he looks like he's in shape, and and that you know that part is definitely not an issue. Do you see him able to compete for a lot of playing time, or do you think he's going to kind of fall into that special teams role that he was in last year? Uh, you know, I I think it all depends on what you know. I I think he he you know he could probably get some snaps on the field, but I I do think that obviously special teams is where that dude is going to make his living. Um, you know, I I think that if he gets some snaps as a strong safety, you know, maybe that'd be great. I, at this point, I definitely would prefer Jeff Heath getting the majority of the snaps, just because I my level of trust with Jeff Heath is is, is a lot higher than than say you know Frazier specifically. Makes sense. Now moving yeah. on to the defensive line, you were you were going off yesterday about a certain yeah. defensive tackle who was playing well. Do you want to talk about Mr. Brian Price? Yeah, I mean, I I think that. I just, I mean, the reason, part of the reasons I feel like I was going off on him or about him is that it just feels like not enough people are talking about him. I mean, and, and even beyond that, like, I feel like the team is, you know, he's getting second team reps. I mean, I think he needs to start getting first team reps because I, I, you know, every time I see him in there, uh, he's doing something, he's making somebody's life difficult. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've seen him in uh, some of these one-on-one drills. You know, I, 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 that's, what the, that's the other thing about this is that it's difficult for me to kind of gauge at times what you guys are seeing just like on Twitter and that sort of thing. So so part of that is like I want to make sure that like I'm providing some better context to what stuff you, to, to some stuff that you may have seen. So I know that that video of him getting kind of hip-tossed by Frederick was out there. Uh, but, I, you know, the, the, the snap before that, Brian Price beat Frederick and then, you know, was giving him all he could handle on that snap. Then the day after that, that snap, that, uh, you know, video came out, he beat Frederick twice in one on ones. Where are those um, videos at? Where, where, uh, yeah, where are those Twitter yeah. videos at? Come on. And, and then, and then I, and then, you know, I watched him in, you know, they, they, when they have pads on, they usually do, uh, a, a section where, um, the wide receivers and DBs will do, uh, you know, their kind of compete period. That's not that's not you know the, actually part of the larger compete period that happens. But they the wide receivers do, do D, you know versus DBs one on one drills or whatever, and then the offensive line and defensive line will get together and kind of work on essentially run fits, right? And basically just like a, a, a you know like a run run section basically, and 
I watched Brian Price doing that the other day, and he was blowing stuff up the other uh, the other day uh, on that. And then, uh, you know, I, 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 he did some more yesterday in practice, uh, and, and it was on training camp live on the mothership. And they, you know, it, it's crazy to me that they were focusing on Antoine Wood, and they credit him with a tackle. They're like, "Oh, look, we were watching him, and he made a play." No, you weren't. Brian Price made the play already. <laughs> he's just, he's he's on the left side of the frame, about to suplex the running back that Woods got had gotten to. Brian Price had shot the gap and gotten to the backfield almost as quickly as the quarterback could hand off the ball, <laughs> and, and 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 like it, you know, so I I just wanted to make sure like. This guy has not just been having a, a an okay camp. Like I consistently every every day see Brian Price make a a, a play here or a play there, flash here, a flash there, and I saw the same thing last year in in the limited amount of snaps that he got on the field too. So for me, I just wanted to make sure that you know it wasn't all just doom and gloom going on in the defensive tackle spot because I feel like. Brian Price has shown us a little bit here and there, and, and and I think that's an encouraging thing for a team that's you know desperately making sure that they have not just you know the numbers they need, but the talent they need to to hold off until you know we've got a healthy Collins and and Irving back. Yeah, I think it's just because you know it seems like out there it seems like the beat writers have their own favorite guys that they want to talk about and film about, and they're going to tell you everything what they're doing on each and every play that they're out there. But it just seems like Brian Price isn't that guy. He doesn't have any of the beat writers, it seems, that are looking for him. So it seems like his performances are kind of going under the radar. One tech way. is tough, too. Yeah. You know, it's just it's not exactly an easy, you know, watch. And, you know, it's not exactly a, a, a layperson's thing to eat, to watch either. Like, it's not glamorous. So exactly. They're you, not the you fuzzy gotta, positions. You, yeah, you gotta you gotta want to watch it, so because uh, it's 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 ugly at times, but it is what it is. All right, now let's move on to the rookie guard that's been getting a lot of rave reviews in camp thus far. How do you? What's your opinion on Connor Williams and how he's performed thus far in training camp? Well, I think overall, first of all, I think you know some of the stuff you know we were concerned with with uh, power and and giving up uh, uh, you know uh, to just bull rush and that sort of thing. You know he's he's quieted a lot of that because of I, I think a combination of the the high low hand technique that that uh, Alexander's having them use, which is just it's really interesting, isn't it? Like it's really kind of fascinating, uh, you know, contrarian mm-hmm. idea of like, hey, if everyone's getting taught on how to defend two hand punch, teach something different, you know, and 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 I think it looks like once the guys learn it. And get comfortable with it. It seems really effective, and Connor seems immediately comfortable with it to me. Um, especially since what it really allows him to do is he's not having to worry about. Pl- I, and I, I don't know this. This is just my eyes. Okay, like so. This this is not. I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm just giving you what I think. It allows him in this technique instead of having to worry about where his feet are in concert with where his punch is. It allows him to use his hands in, in the spots that he needs them in this new technique and keep his feet free to constantly reset. And I think that that's what's really it's, – it's allowing him to uh, rely on the way he wins, you know, because he's not he's not a, 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 a sit-down and strength guy necessarily. Where he wins is he's got incredible feet, and he, and he moves his feet really well, and he's very athletic. So he's he just seems to be, when he gets bold, 
you just watch and his feet are constantly moving. And I think he's just constantly just resetting, re-angle, like re, you know, readjusting and redistributing that strength elsewhere as opposed to just like when you watch Zach Martin, Zach Martin just stops arches his back and you and you and him are finished you know it's like with this guy he's like he he, he is compensating with that uh compensating for that lack of strength with uh with better kind of footwork yeah you know paul alexander was a guy i wrote a big article about him back when he was hired for fan sports about the kind of new techniques that he was bringing in and that high hand low hand thing was something that i thought was going to be really beneficial to a lot of the offensive linemen on the cowboys because it gives, especially Lyle Collins, who punches with two well, hands, yeah. and he gets his head—he gets his hand, his head over his toes a lot, and gets off balance. Yeah. It, this type of punching style keeps you in balance so much yep. better and so much easier that it allows, especially guys like Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, who have that incredible core strength to be able to create that torque and sit down and anchor on pass rushers. It's really, really tailor-made for them. It's the reason why Willie Anderson was so good at it back in the day. And it's the yep. reason why I think Lyle Collins is really going to sprout this season. Lyle just, I think, just yesterday really started to get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think it's been, you know, because it's, it's a completely new thing, mm-hmm. you know. So, so guys, uh, fans don't understand yesterday- the transition that goes into learning new techniques and how oh, long yeah. it takes it's- to get comfortable in those techniques. You you do those things for you know the, the ten thousand hour rule you talk about with Malcolm Gladwell, but I mean these guys do these for all hours and hours and hours and hours on end, and now you're telling them, hey, we're going to do something a little different, you know. And and and, and it's, like I said, to his credit, yesterday was the day that he really looked like he started feeling really comfortable with them. But I think you know I think once they get comfortable with them, it really does. It changes. It changes. First of all, like I said, there's a contrarian aspect of it. It's different than what defensive linemen are used to seeing, and and beyond that, it's it's very effective because of, of what you just said. For a guy like Leo Collins who doesn't have long arms, and so he is constantly worried about having to time his punch correctly in order to get the absolute, you know, full arm length of 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 timing, of, you know, the perfect punch in there. Now he doesn't have to worry about that. Now he worries about getting the hand placement in once once the uh, defensive end engages him, and and I think it allows him to use his you know incredible strength uh, more effectively and on his own terms, which is just which is you know it's gonna be great. So that's basically the update for the offensive mm-hmm. line at this point. And another really good thing about those hands is the high and low hands allow them to create that kind of corkscrew effect when they kind of stalemate yeah. and allows them to put the defender on the ground. And that's something you've been seeing a lot, for, I've noticed from the Twitter videos you see of the offensive linemen is when they're in that stalemate position, they're corkscrewing those defenders to the ground immediately. And that's exactly well, what Paul Alexander wants with his hand placement. We, we were just talking about it with Brian Price. That's exactly what happened in the Brian Price, Travis Frederick video that everyone was throwing around. Price got, When Price loses, it's because he stops his feet. You know, because he's got incredible movement. In that case, he, uh, uh, Frederick had stalemated him. They both were standing there, and that's what what that high low was able to allow him to corkscrew, like you talked about, and taught and basically looked like he hip tossed him. So that's that's exactly. So obviously, Frederick took to the to the technique very well. Yes. Now moving on from the offensive line porn, let's move to the secondary. I think the biggest battle of training camp hasn't been a particular position to get on the fifty three, but it's been. Who's been the best cornerback on the roster between Chidobia Woozie and Byron Jones? Both have uh, drawn rave reviews from everybody at camp. Who would you say has gotten the edge? Who's been better thus far? Well, I mean, I, I, it's really hard to say I, I, because, and that's the best news you're going to hear. I mean, this, I mean, they have both been 
Like, I, you know, I think there's been there was some concern, you know, with the wide receivers and the DBs. Like, how are we going to judge these guys because we don't really know what we've got? You know, like, but I, I, that that's out of my head now because I, you can tell that the way Chidobe and Byron are both playing is at a very high level. They're they're just extremely effective, you know, and and so uh, I would say Chidobe, just because I feel like. Byron may have made one or two more plays, maybe, but Chidobe has just been consistently difficult for these guys to get get away from. And um, I think you know the guys who have had success have been uh, you know in one on one situations like with uh, with Beasley, which is kind of just generally unfair, like we talked about with for, for the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. But uh, even then, Chidobe has been like on 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 him. You know, the good news here obviously is that. The cornerback play, the the, the 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 cornerback play in general has been outstanding. Like I I think that you know both Chidobe and Byron have been. Uh, well, I don't know what my expectation was for for Chidobe, but Byron was definitely way above where I thought he would be at this point. You know, I have faith that he could do this and that this was a good pairing with Chris Richard. But but for him to be where he is at this point already is is great news. And, and I think if, if the Cowboys fans want to take anything that's pretty reliably solid news is that you're going to have a really good pair of young corners on this team at the very least a pair, if not, you know, uh, Jordan Lewis being a, a fantastic third. And then, you know, Anthony Brown, despite, you know, being shown, being burned a lot, like in camp again, I feel like he's, he's, he's shown good. He's made some plays out here too. Uh, and you know when you're talking about potentially a third or fourth corner, uh, you know I, I'm I'm not upset about having Anthony Brown as my third or fourth corner. Totally agree. I think he's gonna depth is key at the cornerback position. So you got to keep as many good ones as you can. I think Anthony Brown. He's still really really young. He still has the potential to be a really good one. All right, guys. I think that's that's enough for today. We're gonna have some more camp debriefing as a, as I, I'm out there more and more. I'm gonna definitely be out there this weekend, and we'll see for uh, beyond that. Uh, but before we get any further, let's let's go ahead and hop into the our main event, our our interview with the the great John Ledyard. Welcome back. Now we have John Ledyard with us. He's launching a new platform called the draft network john how you doing what yeah, i'm doing the, great what is the draft network let us know yeah i'm um, so the draft network is as you know john because you and i have been in touch talking a lot about it for uh oh, years yeah. of me kind of trying to get figure out a way to make a comprehensive draft site a draft site that kind of has a little bit of everything for the people and so um in the in the quest of kind of doing that obviously connected with some guys who are really into the draft as well trevor sycamore cow crabs joe marino kind of made their mark in the draft, especially Kyle and Joe working with them over at NDT scouting. And just as we got to thinking, well, what's left in the space, you know, what, what's a need in the space of, you know, football analysis that we can fill because we're passionate about it. And it just felt like the draft, you know, there's a lot of good sites out there that, that cover aspects of the draft well, or, you know, write, write good articles, but we wanted everything, you know, let's make an aesthetically pleasing site with everything, with a database of prospects that you can search or a historical database. We can go back and search any Cowboys pick ever. Um, you know, you can find out information on those picks. We'll going to build that library out as the years, years go on uh, a database now where you can find all 2019 draft eligible prospects. It's sortable. You know, we got like 6,387 guys, I think in there. Um, so, I mean, it's everybody in the FBS 
who is draft eligible. And obviously we're going to have it sorted. You know, we're going to have the big names at the top, but you can go through and find anyone. And for hundreds of these guys, we're going to have uh, at least summer scouting reports up. And then as the draft nears and that, that number kind of narrows down, like who are those top prospects, those guys that are considered drafting, you know, at least 300 of those guys, we're going to have formal scouting reports. We'll have a mock draft machine, which will be like a mock draft simulator simulator. There's a couple of those around the web in different places. None of them are going to be as aesthetically pleasing or offer as many options as this one. It will. Um, you'll be able to make, create your own big board on our site, save it on our site really quick. Just sign up. You can sign up through Facebook. I think you're going to be able to do that. Um, you're going to be able to sign up uh, via your email, all kinds of stuff like that. Save your big board on our site. You can use your big board to do mock drafts. We're building the mock draft machine. It doesn't come out till a little bit later. It won't be available on the launch. But we're building the mock draft machine with the hope that right now it's going to be able to support a lot of different users at once. So say you guys wanted to get on and with a couple of the other Cowboys guys and you wanted to pick different teams, say three, you wanted to be other teams in the NFC East and you could simulate the rest of the teams just like in a fantasy football war room type of thing. You guys could go in, you could do a seven round mock draft together. Um, and see kind of how the teams pan out in the end. And I think it'll be a big hit as it gets closer to the draft even. So we've got that original content, just all kinds of stuff planned that's going to be a really comprehensive coverage of the NFL draft, which really becomes a bigger phenomenon every single year. Woo, did you take notes, Landon? Did you get I, all man, that? I mean, I, I just, I've, I've, I've been taking notes this whole time and, and the, for the weeks that we've been hearing, you've been dropping little crumb-sized things. And, and one, of, one of my favorite things that I've, I've seen is that, you know, it feels like every single time you guys tweet out something new or that you're going to add, it's like the best part about the site, it seems like, is that it's going to, it's going to take all the different sites that I've had to go to over the years and just put it in one yes. spot, you know, because like, the, I mean, I don't right. have to go to a different spot to do the mock draft with the new information that I just learned off of a different separate draft site. It's like, it's got all my favorite guys all in the same spot. And, 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 and yeah, on top of that, all the other different sortable database stuff that you want to look up with all with, you know, all the hard numbers. And then, yeah. you know, obviously all the, uh, you know, opinionated or scouting based stuff with that's the not as tangible. Right. So I, I love the combination of all of that together in one spot. It's going to be so convenient for, for specifically our community for guys that have been, you know, dra draft Twitter or whatever you want to call it for so long. This is just, it's, you know, this is you guys, it's too bad. The draft Mecca was taken because honestly, this, this feels like draft Mecca is, oh. is, is, take, is taken <laughs> yeah. in. No offense yeah. to those guys, but uh, Keep no, it, no, keep, no, yeah, I mean, it's keeping uh, it with, keep it with that. Let's talk about the guys like, you know, that you have on the team. Mm -hmm. I, I just because I, I, I feel like, you know, all the features are fantastic. It sounds like and everything that you guys are going to have, that, that's all going to be amazing. But the thing that really, you know, has me excited about uh, the, the, the site is, is the guys that you've collected and the, and the team that you guys collected. Can you go into a little bit more about you know, some of the guys you have on the site and, and some of their backgrounds and, and, and your thought process there of, of the guys you've collected? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the best parts about it is that it's a ton of different personalities. We knew that going in because a lot of us have worked together before. Ton of different personalities, ton of different perspectives, but ton of mutual respect. You know, if you look at Cal and my big boards over the last three years side by side, you're they're not gonna find you're not gonna find a ton of similarities. Like there there's some, sure, but vastly different opinions, tons of respect amongst each other about how we get to those opinions. Um, and that's kind of one of the best aspects of the site, in my opinion, because people are not just going to go and get, you know, you think of a place like NFL.com, which has great analysts. For the most part, Jeremiah, Mayock, Davis, all those guys kind of agree, you know, one or two spots off on a guy, but 
there isn't really vastly held different opinions within the yeah. group. Uh, you don't hear them really argue or discuss or get on each other. There isn't that back and forth. That's not what they do, which is fine. But it is kind of what we do. Like, we'll get on each other. Yeah. We're going to, you know, blast each other a little bit on Twitter. We'll, you know, we'll discuss. We'll argue. We'll, and that's part of all of this process. You know, one of the big things that this site's about is empowering fans to kind of be able to, with the Build Your Own Big Board and the Mock Draft Machine and all these different stuff, it's giving them a voice, you know. And we're going to educate them through everything else we offer on the site and give them the opportunity to say, listen, you want you want to know about the draft. You want to formulate opinions. We're going to give you all the things you need to formulate opinions. Then we're going to give you through Mock Draft Machine and through Build Your Own Big Board and other features we have. We're going to give you the ability to express those opinions so you in a more educated fashion than you've ever been able to before. And that's really just kind of speaks to the background of everybody in our group and kind of where we came from. So you have Cal who started NDT scouting, uh, Cal Krabs, uh, he's done an unbelievable job there, brought me on board there and brought obviously Joe Marino on before me. The three of us kind of all moved over and Ben Solak was also part of that group. He moved over as well with, with, uh, the draft network. We shut down NDT. We're all part of that offer to come over there and working with those guys was unbelievable. Uh, getting to still work with them is unbelievable. Trevor and I have obviously done the locked on NFL draft podcast, for about a year and a half now uh that's been unbelievable you know since i added him to the show it's just soaring to heights that i could have never seen so i mean it's it's just been a real blessing to have him and, and his site design ability too has been absolutely huge and just a lot of balanced skill sets on the group and then of course brad kelly as well um you know he's just been a really great asset i think he's a real budding star in the field and has a great eye for football coach's background which being a past coach myself, I really appreciate it. So it really is. It's a great group. Lots of different opinions, lots of different perspectives, different knowledge. You're going to get different opinions from all of us and we're going to banter back and forth about it. And we're going to, we're going to kind of revel in the diversity of opinion that exists at the draft network. It's a game changer folks. I've been telling you guys since they've been teasing <laughs> it for a month, it's a game changer. When are you guys launching John before we it'll launch on, on some Sunday stuff. night? Yes. Yeah, Sunday night at midnight. Uh, we're going to drop it. So it'll be, we're not letting people wait a second into Monday. It'll be right at midnight. We'll put the site live. There'll be hundreds of scouting reports up. We'll have probably, uh, we have about 40 or 50 pieces that were up at NDT. There were big pieces there that people that are weren't familiar with NDT may not have seen before. They'll be in there as well. And we'll have a full slate of like original content that'll be dropping throughout Monday as well. But, uh, the scouting report side of things, I mean, I think, you know, Cal did like 70 guys in the big 10. He has written up scouting reports already. And I've got, you know, almost as many in the sec and, you know, kind of all spread out throughout the, you know, Brad's doing the big 12, Ben's doing the pac 12 and, Joe's doing the ACC. And so we've got, I mean, there's going to be several hundred scouting reports up there on the site and we're going to have a lot of guys covered. And then guys that we don't have covered, we're going to go and we're going to watch throughout the rest of August and have a full fledged database in there by the time college football season starts. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's great. Now let's move on to some Cowboys stuff. What are your thoughts on their, on their rookie class this year? Well, I think that, you know, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you probably got really excited about you. You might have been in between about the addition of Leighton Van Der Esch, but Connor Williams, I think, was a guy that was the big media, at least really build as kind of a steal in that range of the draft and getting him in the second round. And, you know, I think he fits what they do. And I think they have him at the perfect spot uh, at left guard. I think that that's where he he really needs to be. I think that there's issues with him at tackle that really troubled me. But as a guard, I thought that he was he had real potential and he obviously landed in an unbelievable situation. He's going to have elite talent all around him, um, obviously to his left and to his right. So to me, if you're talking about impact amongst the rookie guys, I really think, you know, he's kind of going to 
I, in my opinion, I don't see any way he doesn't start this season unless he gets hurt. Um, and there's not really a lot, anybody that I see that could really challenge him there. And so I think he's going to be an impact uh, guy um, for them. You know, there'll be growing pains for sure, especially in pass protection. Uh, but I think he's in, if you talk about where you want a guy like that to end up, who has great tools, just needs the right place to cultivate him and fix things. I mean, I don't know that you could ask for a much better spot uh, for Connor Williams and to get him in the second. I do think that's a good move by Dallas. Uh, you know, Vander Esch, He's an interesting player because when I first watched him, I said, you know, this guy's got a long way to go. Linebacker is a very cerebral position. Certainly there are flashes, but, you know, everyone was kind of really excited about him when you first saw him on tape. But then as you watch more and more, you thought there's a lot this guy needs to clean up, a lot they didn't ask him to do, you know, namely a lot of coverage responsibilities, especially man coverage. He didn't do that a lot. They blitzed him a ton and he wasn't a very good blitzer, but the size, the speed, the athleticism and really the physicality and desire, I think, you know, that was something that you saw from him consistently that when you talked to him in the combine, you were just like, you know what? There are concerns on tape, but if you're betting on a guy, he's, he's probably a pretty safe one to bet on. He just kind of had all the ability and just that chip on his shoulder. Like I'm going to be able to do everything by the time I'm done, you know, a little bit, a little bit of nasty to him, but intensity work ethic. I mean, he kind of just had that mentality that you wanted a guy that's raw. You know, I always say you got to kind of pick your spots with guys that are raw. You can't just, bet on all of them and give high grades to all the raw guys. You got to kind of find out what's between the ears a little bit. What's the desire like, you know, how the coaching situation they're coming from and where they're going and things like that. So again, I think that there's a real chance for Van Der Esch to be a really good player. I don't think that'll happen year one, uh, but I think that eventually down the road, if he's coached up the right way, then I think that that really can happen for him. You know, and Gallup and Schultz, I think that they're instant contributors, especially with the weakness of the position the Cowboys kind of have right now. So, you know, it's a good group. I think they brought in some guys that, to me, they had a very solid draft class. I was not disappointed in their draft class at all. And getting Randy Gregory back almost feels like another pick, too. So, you know, I think it's an exciting. They've got a ton of young defensive talent. I mean, that's it's going to be the key. The offense, I think now they're fully healthy and they get that offensive line back on track. They're definitely going to be productive. I don't think they really I think the receiving core is probably better this year. Um, a, a lot is going to depend on how this young defense really develops. That's a great segue to, to my next question is, is what do you feel like keeping all of that in mind in the draft class and, and where this you know very young defense and as someone who just came from training camp, I'll tell you it is a very young defense, but talented. Where do you feel like their Cowboys playoff chances are this year? I still think they're good. The The biggest issue for if they were in the AFC, I would oh, say, yeah. you know, they're a lock. <laughs> I think that they're just too talented, but the, the NFC, that's the biggest struggle is just that I think that the NFC in general is very good. Now, I don't think the Giants will be great, even though they have a lot of offensive firepower. Still think the line's a mess, and I think the defense just way too many holes for, for my taste. Um, I think that the Washington will struggle as well. So I do think they'll be second in the East for sure. It's how good they can be at second in the East, I think. Um, you know, I think Philly's still above them, but I don't think it would be a shock to me if Dallas won the division either. The What, what is really going to hinge, things are going to really hinge on for Dallas is how does Dak Prescott bounce back? No Des Bryant, no Jason Witten. Is that end up being a plus for him? These some of these younger guys, does he gel with them a little bit better? Is it a little bit easier for him? Um, so, but the offensive line being back to full strength, I just think that's going to be such a comfort for him that I would be really surprised if we didn't see at least a little bit better play from Dak Prescott this season. So that and obviously having Ezekiel Elliott back, it is it's hard for me to look at that offense and say, okay. This group is still going to have their, you know, I just even with the even with the receiving core kind of unproven and there needs to be a lot of things to kind of go right there. I I really do feel like Dallas has the talent offensively to be just fine. It is going to really depend on that defense. But, 
you know, the NFC, it's pretty loaded. Uh, no question about it. Um, I think that if you look at the teams and you're like, okay, where do the Cowboys kind of fit in? You know, we're always guessing at this point, but I think it does probably appear most likely it would be a wild card spot. And in my opinion, you know, you would have to deal with it in that situation, either Minnesota or Green Bay, potentially Detroit, probably for a wild card spot. Um, So two of the teams in the north, I do believe, will be in it at least. And then you'll probably look at the south as well. There's a chance San Francisco could get there. I don't think you'll see Arizona or Seattle there. So there's a chance San Francisco could be in the picture at least. But that's still a roster that's really rebuilding. So you look probably at two of the teams in the NFC North you're battling with and two of the teams in the NFC South, whoever's not in the division lead. Um, you know, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to quite be there yet. We'll see what happens with Carolina. Cam has kind of carried them despite them not being very good. But on paper, I would say Dallas is, has the upper hand there. So my guess is it comes down to Dallas, uh, Minnesota or Detroit and New Orleans for that. Uh, those two wild card spots, so two of those four teams getting in, um, or or Atlanta, obviously, New Orleans could win that division too. That's a very evenly matched division. So I think that chances are good. If I'm picking right now, I'm picking Dallas to make the playoffs. But that secondary is the concern for me. I wouldn't even say concern. I, I think Jordan Lewis is going to be a stud. I think Byron Jones moved to corner could end up being better. I don't think it's going to be seamless, but the safety position is weak. I know some people really like Xavier Woods. I'm anxious to see what he does. You know, he played a lot of nickel in college and I didn't think that was a great spot for him, but on uh, the back end could be a perfect fit for him. So, you know, I think there's potential there in the group. I just don't know how quickly does a group like that without much experience at all across the board. And one of the more experienced guys, Byron Jones, switching positions, how quickly does that group all gel together, um, be able to communicate, get assignments, right? Things like that. I've watched that young guys struggle with that in Pittsburgh now for a while. So I think that's going to be one of the keys to the Cowboys season. Awesome. All right. Now, before we let you get out of here, since you are the resident C-double-O of the draft network, <laughs> what are quickly just some prospects you think Cowboys should keep an eye on with their strength and weaknesses of their team, who they might grab in the early rounds next year? It's weird because if you look at the Dallas Cowboys across the board, there aren't a lot of spots where you're like, wow, this team's definitely weak. You know, secondary and wide receiver, it's kind of like we really need to see what happens this season. We really need to see what happens with Michael Gallup. Does Cole Beasley bounce back? You know, I say bounce back as if it was all his fault. It wasn't. But, you know, they've seemed to be infatuated with Terrence Williams. Um, What happens with Noah Brown even moving forward? What happens with Alan Hearns? Does he bounce back from a down year? You know, so there's a lot. I mean, they could really not have a crying need at receiver, but you would think right now on the surface, it would certainly be something that they would target maybe. Um, and then the same thing came, same kind of exact story in the secondary. You know, how, do, how does Awuzie play? How does Anthony Brown play? How does Jordan Lewis play? You know, how does Xavier Woods play? So safety could be a need for this team. Uh, a guy to keep an eye on, Deontay Thompson from Alabama. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's 6'2", 194. He started against Clemson and against Georgia in the college football playoff. He's rangy. He's big. He tackles well. Um, he has flashed the ball skills but again it's very limited playing time for him because he wasn't a regular starter until i think hootie jones got hurt so you know it's been one of those situations where another bama guy that uh, has kind of had to bide their time and i'm sorry last year he was a redshirt sophomore this year he's actually a redshirt junior so it is his fourth year i think it increases the likelihood it'll come out he'll probably be playing almost every snap for alabama this year after all the players they lost in the secondary um i think that he is toolsy enough to become the top safety in, in a, what isn't a really strong safety class right now. So he's certainly a guy to keep your eye on. And then you know, I think if you look at defensive tackle, I, you know, we, we talked about this a lot, John, leading up to the draft. Like, where could you where do you value kind of what Dallas needs inside? Everything's so uncertain with David Irving and you know Tyron Crawford's a really nice player to have, but he plays on the edge some and he'll kick inside and he's not really 
I don't think there's any one thing he does super well. Uh, just kind of a guy, good guy to have in the rotation, obviously a great leader. Um, but they're just kind of, there's a lot of need there to me. If you're just picking out one spot right now where I'd like to add a player to Dallas, it would be there in the middle of the defense. Luckily for them, the absolutely loaded defensive line class, you know, top to bottom, there's tons of good prospects. It'll really depend on kind of what they're looking for. I think um, how developmental a type of player they're looking for. Um, I think Malik Collins, David Irvin were both kind of those types of players, Jihad Ward, who they just brought in. So if that's the kind of player, you know, a guy like Derek Brown from Auburn, could make some sense as the body to be a run stuffer, but really technically needs to improve athletically. He's built, he's said to be a really good athlete. So there's a lot, I think he has a long way to go to get there as a prospect. It's a big year for him, but a five-star guy was one of the top recruits in the nation. I think teams are going to be really excited about the potential there, but he does need a good, a good uh, season this year uh, to kind of put himself uh, high on the radar amongst a good class. So there's a couple guys, Dexter Lawrence could be a name that gets thrown out there uh, depending on how high they pick. Um, you could see Raekwon Davis in that mix as well, you know, would be another guy. Uh, Davis a little more polished up, but I mean, uh, from Alabama as well. So yeah, there's going to be a lot to choose from in the interior defensive line class. And if I had to guess, that's one position I definitely see Dallas going to early in the 2019 draft. You know, if they end up taking Deontay Thompson, they're going to have a very interesting uh, conversation about what to do, yeah. what to do about I old know. Jersey, you know, <laughs> because it's, it's, uh, it's yes. going to be very they can have two. They have like one and two. It's it's really. I think they're spelled exactly the same too. If I'm not mistaken, they're they're not actually. The one from Alabama has an. Oh, I okay. Well, in see, no. it's D E D E. Well, then I guess that's exactly that answers your question. You got D E I and D E O. John, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're both obviously super excited about the Draft Network, and that was part of the reason we wanted to have you on. But obviously, the other part is that we think you're fantastic, and all your work you do is fantastic. So, guys, make sure you follow John on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. And, uh, John, please please come back and see us again soon, will you? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me and giving me a, giving me a chance to plug TDN. Really appreciate it. And appreciate you guys and all you're doing. Best of luck with the podcast. I'm looking forward to you guys putting out regular content. It's going to be fun. Appreciate it, John. Thanks. Great stuff from John. It's always fantastic to uh, to talk to him. And, and I – that's our first guest, which is pretty crazy. And, and, and man, it was, it's great to get a guy like, like him on here and, and to chop it up about football and, and about, about our friends doing well in new things. Totally agree. John's one of my best friends in this Twitter football game. I met him a few times at the senior bowl, just a fantastic guy. And one of the smartest people when it comes to the football that you will find, regardless of platform, I'm talking ESPN, NFL network, I don't care what platform you're talking about. John is as knowledgeable as any of them. Absolutely. So you guys make sure you follow him at Ledyard. That's at L-E-D-Y-A-R-D NFL Draft uh, on Twitter. And while we're there, go ahead and follow me at McCoolBCB and John at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. And follow Best Coast Boys podcast uh, Twitter account, which is Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end. And special thanks, of course, to Mike Fisher, who else puts the show on. Follow him at at Fish Sports. Um, so you can catch us on Cowboys 24-7. That's 247sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. You can also download the Cowboys Sports radio app on your phone, uh, Google Play, Android. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we got a lot of quests about uh, iTunes, that sort of thing. And we're working on it. And hopefully that should be up soon too as well. But until then, you guys can always check us out there. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And until next week, happy trails.